Thank you, Lord. Well, no, Jenny got touched up here, so we're believing for uh, God's power to continue to be poured out. You know, I really, it was exciting to hear. I got two different confirmations um, that God was going to release a breakthrough uh, in our in our church. Um, one was from uh, where is Greg? Greg's Greg's sister in Louisiana, um, and then one was from my brother in Ireland. Um, he had a dream. And it was interesting that as we were both sharing that, it's, it's amazing that God can speak to you from other states and other nations and both bring this pretty much the same confirmation. Different word, but it was confirming uh, basically that there's, there's, there's going to be a breakthrough. There's going to be more show up. You know, we, I'm, we are happy for what God, we've already seen God do. And so we want to be thankful for that, but also know that if nothing's impossible, then he can do a little bit more. And so uh, we're going to continue to believe him for more. Uh, it, it's not that uh, he has to do more because he's already done it. It's just a matter of us uh, receiving what he has already given, what he has already paid for. Um, I was reminded, um, too, of a... Um, after my that healer song always reminds me of my mom i know it reminded my wife too i could see her like we, we haven't sung that song in a lot of years uh and we were singing it a lot when we were praying for her and uh you know for a while it was you know not necessarily my favorite song because uh she died okay and so uh it's like we sing that song you're like oh golly lord we have to sing that one again can we sing about something else <laughs> let me sing about something i actually believe right now <laughs> But, uh, you know, I was, I, was re- I was remembering when my mom died, I, and I've said this before, I know. I said, okay, God, because, because she died with cancer, I want to see a thousand healings of cancer. And that sounds really spiritual. But it's wrong. God doesn't need to do anything extra to release healing. Jesus already paid for it. And so I'm asking God to do more than he's already done when what he has already done is sufficient. So sometimes we're asking God to do something. He's like, I've already done that. You just need to receive it. You need to believe in it and receive it and take hold of it because it's already been paid for. And so so I've changed my prayer is just, Lord, help me believe in what you've already done. Really, that's what it, you know, it's believing that nothing already is impossible. God can't make that any greater. It's, nothing is already impossible with God. It, it's already there with Him. So, he, God doesn't need to change. So, might be my perspective that needs to change. Where my faith needs to grow. Where um, my expectancy needs to be lifted. Uh, and increased, you know, to see God do something. So I, I encourage you. We're going to continue to press into what He has. Um, I'm looking forward to Friday night. You know, having a worship night. Uh, we're gonna, we're just going to press into God's presence, and I think that's a key thing to see what uh, part of what He wants to do. So, Amen. Can we say Amen to that. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can give God praise. That's fine. <laughs>
Thank you, Lord. Okay, thank you, Narda. You can thank you for continuing to play and play and play and play <laughs> and still play. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Well, I want us to quickly go to Matthew 6 and verse 9 through 13. Matthew, oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. We're, gonna, we're continuing in our theme of the kingdom of God. And so we are on the last part of the kingdom prayer today. And then we'll probably continue with the kingdom um, a little bit more. And uh, we've been talking about... Oh boy, you can, bring, you can light me up. <laughs> Keep, keep the light up. Yeah, thank you. I'm getting old enough, sir. I can't see the, <laughs> can't see the Bible anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've been in the kingdom, and, and we're, we're on the last section of the kingdom prayer, so let's just read that together. Um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The last time we talked about kingdom, we talked about forgiveness. And we talked about the the importance and the power, the weapon that forgiveness is in this offensive world. Because, hey, we live in an offensive world. We, we are going to have something that's going to come, that's going to try to offend us, it's going to try to cause us to close ourselves off to someone else or to the Lord Himself. And uh, we need to learn to forgive as we were forgiven. And so we talked about that a few weeks ago before we got into Palm Sunday and, and Easter. And so today we're going we're gonna to focus in on that last statement where it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one or from evil, depending on your translation there. And so it's kind of one of those interesting statements. There's a lot of debate about this statement in the Lord's Prayer. Like, why did, why did Jesus say that? Why, you know, God doesn't tempt us, right? And so why would, he, why would we need to pray for that? Um, and people have debated whether it's about uh, temptation or the word is really kind of the same word as to test, uh, testing. Um, and so testing, you know, God does lead us into testing. He leads us into times of testing. And in fact, here's the deal, just to let you know, in the, in the kingdom of God, you have signed up to be tested. When you say yes to Jesus, you have signed up to be tested. Because if you don't get tested, you don't grow, you don't get stronger. It's kind of like when something is, is tested, you find out what's really there. You find out what, what really is inside of someone when they go through a time of trial or testing. Um, but here's the deal. I don't want any more testing than I need. So I feel it's, it's okay for us to pray this prayer of, Hey, Lord, you don't need to lead me into temptation. You don't need to lead me to, to get more testing. And so I don't know where I fall on the temptation or testing. There's a big theological argument over it. I'm just going to say, I don't know. But I'm going to agree with the prayer and say, Lord, I don't want to be in any more tests or any more temptations than I need to have in my life. Now, if you want it, then that's great. Um, But here's the deal. Have you found when you started to follow Jesus that your life sometimes gets harder rather than easier? You know, 
It, it does get a little bit harder, right? Yeah, there we go. You're, you know what I'm talking about. You know, life, when you're, here's the deal. When you're not following the Lord, the devil doesn't bother you. And God really can't do much with you, except continue to say, come, come, come. I mean, he's, he's reaching out and he's doing, but there's nothing else going on. He can't, he can't do anything else except until you decide to come. And the devil doesn't need to mess with you because he's, you know, you're not doing anything for God. You're not following Jesus. If he can get you off of that, because that's his whole goal. He doesn't care about anything else other than getting you off while you were created. He doesn't care what direction. He's not picky. He can choose all kinds of different addictions, all kinds of different offenses. He can choose all kinds of different situations. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what it is as long as you're off track. As long as you're not doing what you've called to do. What you were created to do was you were created to be in relationship with God. That's, that's why you were made. Anything else in life that doesn't lead you to that is kind of, it's not really the point of why you're here. You know, when Jesus started his ministry, what does it say? It's one of those crazy statements that maybe ties us into this, this passage a little bit, where it says, and the Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. You know, when you're in a time of testing, you will be tempted. <laughs> There will be temptation that comes. Although temptation and testing in some ways are two different things. Here's the deal. The Lord only leads you in, into testing. He knows where you can be victorious in. He's never going to lead you to a place where you're going to get defeated. He doesn't lead you so that you can lose. He leads you so that you can be victorious. What does it say? That, that the Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tested by the devil for 40 days. This is in Matthew, what, 4 and Luke 4. And so Jesus, of course, resists the devil every single time. He uses the Word of God. He uses the truth of God and says, says no to the devil Three, three different times, three different examples. I, I feel like really what was happening was those were the three key areas where he was tempted. I think it was actually going on for all 40 days. And Jesus was fasting. He wasn't eating any food. So he was hungry. And so the devil came to him and said, hey, how about some bread? Turn, that into, turn, these, turn these stones into bread. In other words, do something out of God's plan for your life. Use what I have given you for your own purposes rather than the purposes of the kingdom of God. Really, that's what, what temptation is, is to use what you have been given, your life, for another purpose other than what God wanted for you. And so Jesus, of course, what does it say when Jesus resists all those temptations? He comes out of the, out of the desert and it said, and Jesus was full of power and the Holy Spirit. And then he stood up and said, Now's the time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and He's anointed me to do all of this and I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to set free the brokenhearted and I'm going to minister to those who are, are need, need healing. That's a summary. That's a John paraphrase right there. And so what happened after the time of testing for Jesus? He was stronger. He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You know, in James chapter 1, if you want to turn there, we're going to be in James chapter 1 for two different passages. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says, verse 2, says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So here's the deal. Why are we tested in our lives? Why do I go through a time of testing so I can be complete and not lack anything? Have you ever prayed a prayer and you want, man, God, I want, I want everything. I, wanna, I don't want to be missing anything. And then something, a really hard time comes into your life. Guess what? Your prayer got answered. <laughs> Some of us think it's like, oh, God, how come you, you weren't helping me? He's like, I did. I sent you into a very difficult, trying situation so that you would not lack anything. You're like, is that how the kingdom works, God? He's like, yes, that's how the kingdom works. You know, you're going to be tested so that you can grow, so that you become mature, lacking no thing, so you can be complete. God is, he's not interested in incomplete Christians. There's a whole lot of incomplete half-worked-on Christians in the world, and he wants to do some completing. He wants to... Who likes to finish things? Right? You like to... Who likes to... Some... <laughs> okay, it depends on your personality, okay? <laughs> if you like a lot of ideas, you like... If you're like a visionary person, you like to start things. So you start a bunch of things, you never finish it, okay? And God is a visionary, too. He has lots of ideas, okay? <laughs> but, you know... I like to finish things. If I'm going to start something, I want to finish it. And so, you know, in, in our spiritual lives, God doesn't want to leave things half done. He doesn't want to, like, get you to do, just hear and go, oh, that was good enough. Let's, you know, I'm done with, I'm done with Spencer for now. I'm going to move on. Oh, he doesn't do that. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. And because God is so good, then he says, guess what? Spencer or Dennis or... Whoever else I point out, Bill, because you're not done, you're going to go through something really difficult in your life. I just wanted a nice, comfortable life, Jesus, and I just want to, you know, have two or three kids and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, that's great, but that's not going to get you where I need you to go. I mean, you want to know why the church in China is exploding, even though they're being killed and persecuted and all things? Because they're in a test all the time. They are so mature and they are so built up. They are so complete that they just multiply. <laughs> all the goodness just multiplies. Because they're so full of the goodness of God, the grace of God, the strength of God. But man, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. I can't imagine what it's like to live in a country where you are persecuted for your faith, where literally showing up to worship could cost you your life. I mean, we show up to worship and it costs us maybe, you know, 
a couple hours on a Sunday morning or I could have slept in or it's a nice day out. Well, I don't know if it's a nice day yet. It's going to be a nice day this afternoon or it's going to get too hot. But, you know, I'm giving up. That's all I gave up. That's all I sacrificed to get here today was getting up a little bit early on a Sunday morning. Whereas in another country, man, it's a test to get up. It's a test to, to, to exercise your faith, to follow him, to, to walk with him. And so James says, look, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Many kinds. Oh, boy. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work. He's working to finish his work. It says in Philippians 1, 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out until completion, until the day of Jesus Christ. It's because he is good that he allows us to be tested, that he leads us to this place of testing. I, don't believe, I believe God leads us into times of testing, but here's another thing to differentiate between temptation. Let's go down to verse 13 of chapter 1 of James, and you get a little different different picture here it says this when tempted no one should say god is tempting me for god cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed then after desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. Here's my big thought of the difference between testing and temptation. And it has to do with our desires. A time of testing can have nothing to do with you. It's just a situation around you. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on inside of you. It's just there is something hard that I'm going through right now. Somebody did something. Something happened in my family. Uh, somebody said something to me. Uh, I lost my job. You know, what, whatever it may be. I'm I'm battling through um, depression, whatever situation it is, um, it may be nothing that's going on inside here, but when temptation happens, in order to be truly tempted for something, there has to be a desire in you for it. I can't be tempted by something that I have no desire for. I mean, I'm really not. Um, I, I just, look, I have never been tempted by drugs. Okay, it's just never been, there's, been, there's just zero desire. I mean, there's just never, now I have done a whole lot of other stupid things in my life. Really. I've, I've sinned a whole lot. Just want to let you know that your pastor has sinned a lot. <clears throat> I hope it's not a news flash. You're like, yeah, I saw it last week. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a whole lot of things, but there's some things you you could never it could never be a temptation for me you know if if someone tries to show up and say hey man here's this whatever i don't even know what drug to say um (laughs) you know i mean they're probably selling drugs on the street i live in i'm i guarantee you somebody is selling drugs on my street okay i don't live in the I'm like kind of in the mid-range neighborhood you know kind of like this neighborhood here like there's somebody selling drugs in this neighborhood just newsflash for you but it doesn't matter how many times that person comes to me and says, hey, you want some of this? There's just no desire. 
There's zero desire in my heart for that. You know, but you come with something else where I do have a desire, then I could be tempted. You know, for many years, for me, a temptation was pornography. You know, the age of the internet, the age of uh, opening up all access. I mean, here's the deal. How many, how many Christian men would ever walk into, and back in the day they had, okay, we can talk about, you, you kids are old enough, right? No, just kidding. Back in the day we had these stores, you know, they're like, you know, adult stores. I don't even know if they still have them, okay? Um, honestly don't know. But, you know, you buy a bunch of bad movies. Now, here's the deal. I would never have gone into one of those places. And there are thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of Christian men who would never set foot in one of those movie theaters or those video stores. Just not going to happen. Just not going to go there. But there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Christian men who will look at something on the Internet that is exactly the same thing that's being shown in those theaters. Or on those videos. It changed everything. But the only way I can be tempted is if there's a desire. It says that I am tempted by my desire. So the issue with temptation is not all about me just saying no. That's part of it. It's about me having a desire change in my heart. I can honestly say that in my life, if someone tried to pull up something on the internet and show me something pornographic, I would go, oh, there's no desire for that anymore. I, 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 don't, I don't have that, that desire. It, it's gone. And see, here's the deal about the gospel. The gospel says, the gospel is not, I follow all the rules because I know it's the right thing to do and I don't want to go to hell. The gospel is this. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to change you on the inside so that the things you want will no longer be the same. You won't have to fight that battle your whole life because your desires on the inside will begin to change. And you will no longer be enticed or tempted by this thing there will be other things you'll be tempted by, but you're never going to, you, you can be free from that on the inside. If I continually stumble in an area of temptation, it's because there's a desire for that in my life. I mean, if you, look, I've never been drunk in my life. If you said, hey, let's go get a bottle of whatever and go get wasted, <clears throat> I'm going to go, there's just no desire. It's not even going to be a temptation for me. It's going to be like, no. Now, for some of us, though, we allowed that to become something all-consuming in our lives when someone says, hey, let's get, let's get wasted. <laughs> there, is, there is a temptation there. And so what needs to happen is not for me just to say no. I can say no to whatever it is that I'm being tempted with. But it can be a point where... On the inside, I begin to change. See, when you become a follower of Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, and then what begins to happen is you are new. Your spirit is renewed to life. 
You were spiritually dead before, but now on the inside, the deepest part of your being, the spiritual part of yourself, you are now alive. And what happens is God begins to take that life and let it permeate every part of your being. So he begins to change the way you think. He begins to change the way you feel and and react to things. He and then he begins also begins to change your desires to where you don't want things anymore that you used to want. I mean that's the way it's supposed to be with your following Jesus, the the more you follow him there should be some things that you just don't want anymore. That it has, it has no pull on you, it has no hold on you, because there is a desire change that is happening on the inside. And so I cannot be tempted by anything that I don't want. And so my prayer needs to be, when I find myself, I want to say, of course, hey, Lord, lead me not into temptation. But deliver me. From the evil one. There's also the good news of the second half of that prayer, right? That it's not only a kingdom of testing, but it's a kingdom of deliverance. I am so glad that God doesn't expect me to follow him without giving me power over the things in this world. But deliver us from the evil one. It says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13... It says this, if we could put that one up, did I put that one in there? It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. In other words, you're not the only one going through this. So we need to just let that lie go that says, oh, I'm the only person that's, that's going through this thing. No, no, you're facing something that some other human has faced before. It's common to mankind, to human beings. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So remember earlier when I said that God will never let you lead you to a place of testing or allow you to go to a place of temptation unless He knows that you can be victorious. So God promises right there. He promises deliverance. He promises open doors. He promises freedom for you. Deliver us from the evil one. He promises that there is an open door. There is a way out. There is always a way out. There is always a way out with Jesus. He has opened the door to say, you can be free from this. Once and for all. You can be free from this once and for all. But you have to take hold of it and say, I'm going to hold on to that until God changes my desires. Because where do our desires come from? They, come, they don't come from our spirit. They come from our soul. Your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. What is your will? That's your, that's your choice maker. That's your wanter. That's your desirer. <laughs> Is your will. So it's the will that needs to change in my heart sometimes. And again, some of us, you know, if we've been in something so long, there's also the power of habit. You know, it's sometimes, you know, I'm so used to doing something, whatever, I mean, I'm so used to reacting this way to my kids or my spouse or whatever that I just, boom, I get right into it. I'm so, 
you know, I, I've got this issue in my heart. Again, and it's what, hap- what needs to happen is for me not to try harder. As you hear me say probably over and over again, the answer is never, I'm just going to try to follow God harder. Doesn't work. The other thing that doesn't work is this. I'm not going to do that. Right? You make a promise. Really, it's called a, a vow. Really, Jesus actually mentioned about that. He says, hey, let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, you don't have to make any extra statement about what you're going to do or not do. Just let it simply be yes and no. I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) Sometimes those vows need to be broken. We need to like say, God, break that vow that I spoke against myself, that I held myself to. Uh, There's things that we say over ourselves that can have power over our present that were spoken in our past. And sometimes we need to say, Lord, I I just break that. Lord, I I just want you. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. So the answer is never to try harder or to try not to do something. Because here's the deal. Have you ever noticed when you try not to think about something, that's the thing you think about? I mean, try it sometime. Just, just right now. Let's see. Do not think of a pink elephant. Some of you thought of a pink elephant. <laughs> I told you not to. <laughs> Why did you think of it? Because I told you not to. With the law is the power of sin. It says in 1 Corinthians 15. With the law is the power of sin. In other words... Just following God with the rules will give sin more power in your life. That's never the way to be free. The way to be free is a love relationship with Jesus Christ. When you get to know him better and better, guess what? His heart begins to press in on yours. And then, guess what? Your desires begin to change. The things you want begin to change. The answer is to get to him. The answer is to get closer to him. The answer is to surrender to him as we're going to talk about next week. It's a kingdom of being delivered from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. I want to go back a little bit to testing for just a second and close with this. I've been reading uh, the book called The Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis, to my oldest son, Evan. I'm so excited that he finally wanted to read this one. He tried to read it himself, and he got bored with it or something. And then when I started reading it and realized the language of C.S. Lewis in The Horse and His Boy is like uh, over everybody's head. No, it was like, it's over, you know, it's like some of the language is like, he said, what does that word mean? I said, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's, either, it's either British or... Uh, or, or I'm just, it, or it's from the 30s, you know, <laughs> 40s, whatever. I don't, I'm either too young or too, too American or something. But uh, so some of, some of the language, we, we're reading the book, and it's really a, an awesome story. And I can't tell the whole story, of course, right now. But it's basically this. There's a young boy who escapes from an abusive father in a, in a foreign country, and he finds a talking horse, and the talking horse and him begin an adventure to get away. And they meet up... Uh, 
well, before they meet up with someone else. And on their journey early on, what, what happens is they hear the roar of a lion. And, and the horse, the talking horse named Bree, is terrified of lions. Rightfully so. <laughs> right? I mean, horse, lion, who's going to win? Um, I got my money on the lion. Okay? So... But he is just terrified. So the first time this lion shows up, it sounds like there's lions everywhere. And they're running and running, you know, and the horse just goes crazy. He doesn't even know how to ride a horse, so he's just grabbing on his neck, the young boy, and he's holding on. And so um, they end up, as they run and as they're off course, just getting out of the way from this lion, they meet up with this, these, these other two. They meet up with a young girl with another talking horse, a female talking horse, and they join up together. And so here's the deal. We haven't gotten this part yet, but I know it's true. Um, And I do remember that the lion, of course, in the story is the, the Christ figure, the Jesus figure. It's Aslan. Most of us have heard of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe where, you know, he shows up, he dies and in the place and then he comes back to life. He's he's the Christ figure. But in this, later on, you'll see that it actually was Aslan the lion chasing them, pushing the horse into his fear, pushing him into the place of dealing with what was in his heart. Later on, we just read the story last night or two nights ago, one of the two, um, where, the, where the lions show up for them again and chase them to this place and almost just get to them at the last minute they escape from the lion and so what's going to happen later is of course is jesus aslan is going to show up and say i couldn't get you where you needed to go unless i pushed you there that's john's paraphrase in other words the lion chased them but he wanted those two to meet he needed those two to go together. They needed to be on the journey together. And later on, they were trying to make it to another place before the enemy army came, just to summarize it quickly. And they weren't going to make it quick enough unless the lion chased them again and got them to where they needed to go. It says the horses thought they were running as fast as they could. But then when they heard the roar of the lion, they realized they actually weren't going as fast as they could, that they could actually go faster (laughs) you know sometimes i believe that's the way god used testing in our life is in a time of testing god needs to connect us with another person that we would have never gotten to if we hadn't gone through that trial we hadn't gone through that hard place it may be just the the situation of relationships it may be just that you start kind of pulling away even Here's the deal. Even when you're running from God sometimes, He's sometimes getting you to the right place. <gasps> and so, and sometimes that testing shows us we can do more than we think we can. It pushes us through to go to a higher place, to a, to a better place, to a stronger place than we could have ever gone on our own unless we go through that test. Unless we go through that thing where we are facing, in this case, they were facing their fears. And so sometimes it is the good father that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in that place. I'm going to maybe even, maybe I'll even roar behind you so that you run a little bit faster. And I'm going to get you to the right place because I'm a good father. And you've got to push through 
to get where I want you to be. Let's stand. Father, we just thank you for today, for the miracles, for your presence, for your encouragement. And we choose to allow you to print your heart onto our heart. Lord, for those of us that are struggling with desires, Lord, I pray that, Lord, I thank you right now that nothing is impossible with you, that desires can change. That, Jesus, you are greater than our desires. No matter what that is for, anything that would pull us away from you, God, we don't, we don't want to have that desire more than we desire you. And we want to experience your presence and your love in such a way that that thing becomes less and less important because you're so amazing. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, right now to continue to, to fill us with your love and your life, Lord. And we also invite you, God, to say, hey, don't give us anything more than we need, Lord. Lead us not into temptation, God, but we know we're going to be tested, so deliver us from evil. Thank you for your deliverance, Lord. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the test that will lead us to the place where we go where we didn't know we could go where we go to a place where we didn't think we could reach on our own, Lord, and we couldn't. We couldn't do it unless you gave us the challenge, the trial, the test. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. And if you need prayer, come up and and see us before you go.